I can honestly say I've been really looking forward to come since Monday when I knew what was happening and uh, who would be here and friends that I know and people that I know and all of you. It's great to be here. We're going to sing before... That is correct. Yes, it is. We're going to sing an old hymn. And this is based... My message is based on these words. Amazing grace. I want you to stand and sing as if you've never sung that hymn before and you really enjoy singing it. You sing it with me. Those words are so wonderful and you know them. And uh, we'll talk about them later. Thank you. That's right. Bit slow in standing. Come on then. The first word is amazing. I'm going to tell you why I chose that hymn. I didn't choose it, choose it actually. The, the family did, but it's amazing that it was chosen because I do want to speak about that amazing grace. Um, I'll just tell you a story first because I know we like stories. I love telling stories. And there's one or two here that um, I've never told before here. Um, farmers, I knew... There would be one or two farmers here today. We, we know what it's like to have a day off, don't we? And it's lovely to have a day off on the sunny day. It's great. A man caught a boy stealing apples in an orchard. Grabbing the boy by the arm, he announced he was going to take him to the farmer for punishment. Halfway there, the boy remembered he'd left his cat behind. All right, said the man. I'll wait here while you go back and get it. He didn't see the boy again. The next week, he caught the same boy in the orchard. This time, you're going to see the farmer. If I had to drag you all the way, said the man. Before he reached the farm, the little boy piped up, Mister, I've left my cap in the orchard. Aha, the man said, you don't catch me like that again, my lad. He said, you wait here and I'll go back and get it. <laughs> i just tell you one more, just to help you relax a bit, because it, a husband asks his wife, how would you describe me, my dear, with the letters A, B, C? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. She replies. Well, he said, just tell me how you respond. And she says, well, adorable, beautiful, cute, delightful, elegant. Oh, you can feel his chest count, can't you? Going up. Fashionable, gorgeous, and of course, hot. <laughs> oh, thank you. But what about IJK? He asked her. Oh, yes, she said. That just stands for, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How to be inflated and let down. I thought I'd use something for the farmers today. I don't know whether anybody recognised what that is. I, I get it free, you see, so I bring my Bible and all my books with that. Put up the chorus there, please. Look at these words. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. 
If I didn't say anything else today, I think that would be enough just to think about. Why, Partridge, have you chosen Amazing Grace? Well, I was privileged a few weeks ago to go on holiday. And tagged on the end of the holiday was six days in Italy. And we were planning, and we did, to go and hear Catherine Jenkins sing. I like Catherine Jenkins, and I like the way she sings. And we went to a castle, and we were treated like lords and ladies, and Catherine Jenkins, there was only 300 of us, and she came and she walked amongst us, and she sung beautifully. But one of the hymns, or one of the songs she sung, was Amazing Grace. And I was absolutely thrilled, because I knew that Amazing Grace in my life. And I just stopped. I almost froze and looked around at the people that were there. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many people really knew what amazing grace means. This is amazing grace. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. This is amazing grace. It hit me hard. I thought, how many people out of 300 would know? Would it be 50? Would it be 100? Then I thought, I'm going to speak about that down at Great Park Chapel in a few weeks' time. And I wonder, how many of you folk here this morning, you might have been coming to this chapel 25 years, 30 years, 5 minutes, 1 hour. You might have been coming for a lifetime. Do you know what amazing grace really means? Don't answer me. Answer yourself in your heart. Have you experienced that amazing grace? I have. And I know what it is daily to have that amazing grace that God guides you, that God protects you, that God loves you. He would take my place. On that cross, that was Jesus. I'm going to start preaching now. <laughs> and I've got some notes. And uh, God willing, about half past, I should come to a conclusion. And I hope you will. Because I really believe about this amazing grace it's worth shouting about. The Bible tells us over and over again about God's amazing grace. 2,000 years before Jesus was born, in the Bible we read that God was going to send a saviour. And he came 2,000 years ago. And his name was Jesus. Your saviour and my saviour. And the amazing grace is... That he's interested in you. He knows everything about you. He knows what makes you tick. He's got the days of your life measured. He knows what you're going to go through. He knows the joys you're going to have. He knows the sorrows you're going to have. But the amazing grace is this. That he will uphold you whatever you go through. If you trust him. It's by grace, the Bible says these words in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. It's by grace that you have been saved. 
And you say, partridge, what does that mean? Well, let me just put it in my language. To be saved from something is to be rescued. And you, if you rescue somebody who's drowning, you lift them up. And the Bible says he lifts us up from that pit of sin and he puts our feet upon a rock. And he puts a new song in our mouth. A song that we can magnify our Saviour and our Lord. And I believe in shouting about it. Because I know in experience of life that Jesus answers prayer. That Jesus is with you. That God is everlasting to everlasting. Whatever you think, whatever you do, it will not alter a thing. God loves you. Every moment of every day, every second of your life, he loves you. His grace is expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace have you been saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Nothing I've done, nothing this man has done, stand up. Nothing you could do would be able to save you. Nothing. Do you know that? I do. And do you know this? It's not by works. Hey, don't, don't sit down. <laughs> it's not by works. Because if you were better than me at works, you could boast. And the Bible says... You can sit down now. The Bible I might need you again. The Bible says you cannot boast. So all you self-righteous people... All you people there that say, I don't need a saviour. I don't need this grace. The Bible tells me that you can't be saved. You might have been coming, taking communion. You might have been coming week after week, year after year, and you don't know that amazing grace. Isn't that terrible? I want to beg you today, every one of you, just accept that amazing grace. Where my salvation, where our salvation, my salvation began was the fact that I knew I was a sinner and I came short of God's glory. But God offered me and you compassion in Jesus. And my salvation demands this a simplicity of faith, a necessity of faith. We just need a simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you a story. Jesus told a story one day. I'm going to sell it as fast as I can. Jesus wanted to tell the folk where he was. I want to explain to you about God's grace, he said. And I'm going to use two or three parables. And a parable is a story that Jesus told. And this parable was about the, the prodigal son. And I'm going to call him today the parable of the lost son. The parable of grace. You see, Jesus wanted to just explain to people how God's grace is important to every one of us. Not one of you in this room or in this chapel or this church, whatever you call it, will escape my hearing. And the Holy Spirit's working on your heart, your very soul. 
the prodigal son he starts. There was once a young man who was restless, who wanted to leave home. He happened to be a son of a farmer. And he said to his farmer, look, his father, father, I've got a share in this farm. I've got a third of it. I've got a third of the livestock. I've got a third of the ground and I've got a third of everything. I want my share. Oh, my dear, you imagine that happening to a farmer. It would be devastating to take a third of what we've got away. And it was in those days. This man said, all right, son, you want your way. And he was very, very self-willed, this young man. He was selfish. And he went and he got and he thought that happiness would be with money. So he got his money, he sold the land, he sold the cattle, he turned it all into cash. And off he went. I don't know whether there wouldn't have been bank accounts in those days, but he would have had it all in coins or something and carried it. I can imagine he would have carried it. And he went down that lane. And I can imagine as Jesus tells this story to those men and women, Jesus emphasizes the love of the father. As that boy went down that lane, his father would have been standing at the edge of the lane and just weeping. Weeping as he saw the sun go off and off and off. He went away. Of course, he had plenty of cash, plenty of friends, plenty. Everything was happy, everything was good. He ate, he drank. He went exactly and did exactly what he wanted. He, I'd written down there, misguided search for happiness without God. From give me, give me, to forgive me, soon came. He lived, he spent, and then there was a famine. He had no money, his friends left him, and he turned to himself and he said, Oh, he said, I'm starving. And, I, and he went and fed pigs. And for a Jew, that was the worst thing you could ever do, to feed pigs. And he was so hungry, he just was going to eat the pods just to have a little bit of food. And then one day, he realized about his father's love at home. And his father was still loving him. Every day, he would go out and look down that lane and see if the boy was coming up the lane. But he was filthy, he was stinking, he was dirty, his shoes were gone, he was barefoot, he had nothing. And he said to himself, well, he said, my dad's employing people, they've got food enough to eat, and here I am starving. I'm going to go back. And he turned around. He turned around the realisation... And then it came back to repentance. As the father saw him coming up that lane, he looked down the lane and he saw him walking up that lane, dirty, stinking, filthy, no shoes, just absolutely like a tramp, worse than a tramp. And he came up and his father ran towards him. And what a picture of God the Heavenly Father. 
Jesus wanted to get that over to the people that he was telling them. He wanted to tell you all that the Heavenly Father loves you so much. And if you made two steps towards him, he would run towards you. And as that father ran towards him, he opened his arms. And he put his arms around his stinking, smelly son. And he said, son, welcome home. And he kissed him. Just like you and I, when we return to our God, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, he wants to put his arms around you and love you. And he wants you to come back to him. You were made for him. You were made like him. The Bible tells us all that. But we've drifted away. I've got some notes and I'm not going to go through them. I'm coming to the end. His father saw him. What amazing grace that was. And he ran. And he never stopped loving him. And God still never stops loving us. Jesus wanted to impress that on people. And I feel constrained this morning to impress it on you. If I failed, God forgive me. Because I might never be in this situation ever again in my life. And I want to be sure that every one of you know that God loves you through Jesus Christ. That he wants you to return to him. He wants you to repent and follow him. And he wants you to get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to be your follower. God wants to forgive you. I have a few notes here. I've got two or three five pound notes. And they're out of date, three of them are. I had to borrow the good one off my wife. But I'll tell you some stories about these two notes. These particular two. And this is true. Um, Mr. Sampson, don't go up there and look in where I found these. Up outside our gate, in the winter, there's a lot of beech leaves. And I had to wait for somebody one day. And uh, I went outside. I'm very impatient. And I was up there and I was walking around kicking the leaves. Just kicking the leaves, you know. And I found that five pound note. And look at it. Dirty, dirty, betrayed. Just absolutely worth nothing, really. That was put in my pocket. A fortnight later, I happened to be waiting, not for the same person. I wasn't still waiting. I'll never get <laughs> And I found another one. Not quite so dirty. <laughs> I want to use that illustration whether that five pound note is dirty filthy crumpled being in the gutter it never loses its value it's always worth five pound so is this one now there is no difference in the value of the brand new five-pound note or any of these. And that's exactly the same you are to God. Whether you've been in the gutter, whatever you've done in life, 
He wants to forgive you. Can you grasp it? He wants to forgive you. Put up that course again. Put up that course. He wants to forgive you. This is amazing love that he wants to forgive you. This is unfailing love. Whatever you've done. That he would take my place. And he did on that cross of Calvary some 2,000 years ago. And he took my sin. And all he wants us to do is just say, Lord Jesus, I've sinned. I want to be your child. Will you make me your child? And he'll come and he'll put a new robe on you. He'll, he'll put a ring on your finger. And, on, and the Bible tells us all the different things that these, the diamonds speak of. Love, hope, character, joy, joy, peace. All these things that he wants to give you. Will you be his disciple? Will you trust him? We're going to sing a couple of little choruses in a moment. And, uh, but I've got some little cards here. My daughter-in-law went to America and uh, she happened to go to Billy Graham's um, place. And, they, and she brought me back these little cards. And it's about salvation. And it says this. Jesus, you died upon a cross. And you rose again to save the lost. For me now, of all, forgive me now of all my sins. Come be my saviour, Lord and friend. Change my life and make it new. And help me, Lord, to live for you. And on the back is something where you put your signature. That won't save you. But embed this day on your life. And if you want one of these to put in your handbag, to put in your pocket, and you really would like one, they're very sparingly given out, so you have to ask me. Just say partridge or whatever you want to call me. Can I have one of those little cards? I want to read that again. They're yours for the asking. They're in my right-hand pocket with a £35 note. I'll take, the, I'll take the notes out. We're going to sing How Deep the Father's Love. This, just sit and sing this for a moment. This is to impress on us all. How deep the Father's love. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch. And that wretch is me. His treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Because of Jesus' suffering, many of us, all of us perhaps in this room, could be sons in glory one day. The alternative is not very good. And you'll remember this day in it. In eternity. Bless you. Let's stand to sing, shall we? Are you all with us? Come on, let's stand and sing. Lovely, lovely hymn.